It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked on Jazz for the 4th of February trade deadline overview. And what can the Utah Jazz realistically do? Plus, it's a time machine Tuesday. All coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and all sorts of fun. Speaking of fun, got a fun little promotion going on on the Locked on Podcast Network for you. Here's how it works. You project, you basically predict the Woj bomb before it happens. Guess an NBA trade exactly as it's going to come down and you win tickets to see your favorite NBA team play. Go to Locked On NBA Net on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Enter in your trade prediction. You must follow Locked On NBA Net. Then you must like the post and you must tag five friends with your reply. So tag five friends with your reply And if you get the trade right, you win NBA tickets. How's that? Kind of a fun one. So go go try that. uh, Locked on NBA Net on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, as well for you uh, as Instagram. So there you go. Um, All right, there are a bunch of things to talk about, but I thought we'd kind of run through the trade deadline and some things that interest. The first thing that I think is important to remember is that the Jazz have made a move, right? So the Jazz have made their trade deadline deal, frankly. They did it early, which I love. They've done that two years in a row. Uh, By this point, right, you're you're at 32 games left. The Jazz jumped theirs early. So the Jazz are 14 and five since they made their trade, uh, getting Jordan Clarkson. And they also released Jeff Green that day, which turned out to have its own. The Jazz value, the Jazz are the number one offense in the NBA over those 19 games at 119.5, 3.3 points better than the Dallas Mavericks. The defense in that span is the 14th ranked defense in the NBA, and their overall differential since acquiring Jordan Clarkson is the second best in the NBA. Some interesting numbers, though, also that you either may like or not like. They're 27th in the league in assist percentage. Which is an interesting number. Um, In fact, our assist percentage is not that much higher than Houston. So for all of our talk of ball movement and creating shots and doing all these things, you know, we've also decreased our turnovers a great deal in that span. We're the ninth best team. And one way you take away turnovers is you stop moving the ball because then you're not risking it. Um, I don't know if those two are related, but I thought it was interesting. We're not we're not pinging the ball around. We have guys now that can go beat you one on one, whether it's Boyan or Jordan Clarkson, or and so we're doing a lot more of that than we used to. Our shooting is through the roof. We're fifty seven point eight effective field goal percentage. The next best is Milwaukee at fifty six. In that time frame, 
We are not playing fast at all since we got Jordan Clarkson. In fact, we're 27th in the league in pace of play. I, I don't know that I think that matters. Um, I've never been a need-high need pace of play guy. I know that there's some metrics that say the earlier you shoot in the shot clock, the better shots you're getting. We're pretty good as the shot clock continues. Our true shooting percentage is number one in the NBA as well in that time frame. So when you think about the trade deadline, and it's an oppor- certainly an opportunity for us to possibly add somebody, and we'll get into whether that's actually realistic or not in a second, but I think you have to remember that the Jazz front office moved. They just moved early. So when I hear somebody at trade, oh, we're not going to do anything. Well, we already did it. Like, right? We moved our $11 million contract and we got Jordan Clarkson. If you want to be, you know, the negative Nelly and be critical, or you, you're welcome to, what you should be looking at then is whether or not another $11 million contract moves here at the trade deadline that you'd rather have more than Jordan Clarkson. That should be your analysis point because that's that really that's basically what the Jazz decided is that Jordan Clarkson at that moment in time plus the extra 19 games you get them making the deal at the trade deadline or 20 games. It's huge, by the way. It's 25% of the season that you that that was the best they could get for Dante Exum's salary. Um, and frankly, the more Dante Exum plays, the more that might be true. Dante has not been particularly good yet. He had one terrific game, and then since then has scuffled. Uh, last night, Cleveland lost New York. He played 16 minutes. He had four points. He was negative nine. His shooting over the last 10 games is 37% for the field and 8% from three-point. Um, he's not been great. He had one incredible game and otherwise has been a little limited, uh, which maybe even more so to the Jazz front office's credit is they made the move while Dante still had some value. So since the Clarkson trade, Jazz are the number one shooting team in the league. They don't go to the line as much. They're 21st in the league going to the line. They've done much better taking care of the ball. They're the ninth best team in the league at taking care of the ball. They're the ninth best offensive rebounding team in the league, which I think is interesting uh, with Tony Bradley. Uh, they're the eighth best team against the shot the 10th best team at not fouling. Defensively, they don't force turnovers at all. They're 27th in the league at that. They're staying in their shell. And then defensive rebounding, they're about 11th. That's who we are. We're 14-5 and five in that stretch. We have not been great against above 500 teams. We've been brilliant against below 500 teams. And that's the trade that was made already. And I think that's important to realize. And then what it means is you start trying to figure out, well, what else could we do? Let, let, let's take a few names that are floating out there before we give a league-wide breakdown of what's taking place. This is a little different order than I planned, but since we'll do it. So Robert Covington's being talked about. I heard there was even a false report uh, that the Jazz were involved. And here's why I'm just saying it's false. Robert Covington makes $11 million a year. For the Jazz to acquire Robert Covington with both teams, the Jazz are about... I think $11 million over the cap, and Minnesota's about $13 million over the cap, and the Jazz are about $10 million under the tax line, so so they can make moves and do things, but for the Jazz to go get Robert Covington and put together $11 million of contracts, they'd have to trade Jordan Clarkson. That's the only deal that could possibly work is if the Jazz were to trade Jordan Clarkson for Robert Covington. Okay, I guess it's possible. I just think it's unlikely. When I hear that the Jazz are involved in that kind of a deal, 
I think it's an agent or somebody trying to, or some, it's either an agent trying to put somebody out there to try to create a market for their player or a team trying to put a team out there in a rumor to try to create falsified markets so they can get better for their player or it's a reporter that's begging. Okay. Um, the Knicks Marcus Morris has been mentioned. Let's, let's just play that for a second. I'm not saying these are realistic. I'm just trying to give you an idea. He's making $15 million. The Jazz would have to trade Boyan Bogdanovich and give up all 14 years of his deal. Or the Jazz would have to trade Jordan Clarkson and Tony Bradley for Marcus Morris. Okay? Might decide that's worthwhile. Uh, Marcus Morris is a free agent at the end of the year. Um, but that basically would be the deal and the way the Jazz had to get that done. Jordan Clarkson's $13 million is kind of the Jazz tradable, movable piece at that point. The Jazz, You have to match salaries within, I believe, 25%. And the Jazz have Conley at 32, Rudy at 23, Bogdanovich at 17, Clarkson at 13, Ed Davis at 5, Donovan, we're not moving, Tony Bradley at 2, George Niang at 1.6, Manuel Moody at 1.6, Royce O'Neal at 1.6, but I think he's untradeable with the extension. Or there's some Nigel Williams Goss at 1.5. Okay, for those of you looking for a backup center, Aaron Baines names I'm talking about. He makes five. Okay, so you could actually trade Ed Davis for Aaron Baines across. That deal actually can work because Aaron Baines is only making $5 million. I'm not saying these are deals that are going to get it. I'm trying to give you an idea of what's possible. Now, Ed Davis has an extra year on his deal. Ed Baines, Aaron Ed Davis does, Aaron Baines doesn't. You'd have to figure out why does Phoenix want that? What would they want to do with that deal? Etc. John Henson has been mentioned as a player that's available in trade. John Henson makes $9.7 million. Like, this is where this gets so hard for the Jazz. $9.7 million. You're trying to get John Henson. You're trading John Henson for Ed Davis... Nigel Williams-Goss, I don't think that works. Oh, that does. That gets you just under it, okay? And then Cleveland has to, Cleveland would save about $3.5 million, $3. million for the year, but that's not really for the year. It's for the last 30 games, so is it worth Cleveland saving a million dollars? And and they would have Ed Davis's contract for next year which might not be a positive. So there's just not a lot of deals to be done is my point. It's not an easy equation to get done right now. Um, Though, you know, you can start to try to piece these things together a little bit as you hear the names. We'll we'll run through some more here uh, and talk about what's going on in the entire league and what I'm hearing around the league uh, as well. Spa Via is here for you, located 104... South State Street Spa Via gives you the Deer Valley Park City Spa experience for like half the price. All the same great comforts. They have the waiting room that makes you feel like you're at this wonderful event. You go into your beautifully done uh, 
massage rooms that give you the feeling of serenity and that you're out somewhere that you, you know, away from it all. They have great couples massages as well, if that's something you're interested in. And they have both the therapeutic massage, like the deep tissue, as well as the relaxation. They've got the whole spa packages for you. Great estheticians there as well. It's at 104 South State Street. It's called Spa Via. And you can reckon, uh, Spavia, you can get a great deal for lockdown listeners. You buy two gift cards, you get a third one of equal value for free. So let's say you buy two $50 gift cards, the additional $50 gift card is free on Spavia. Call 801-424-7566. That's 801-424-7566. Mention you're a lockdown listener and they'll get you taken care of. It's Spavia. It's at 104 South State Street. You walk in, nice opening room, great products all available, and then you step back into Serenity in the waiting room uh, and then move on to whether it's your your wife is getting some sort of, est- or yourself, estheticians type stuff or whether or not you're going in to get your massage. Uh, it's absolutely fabulously well done with great meticulous care to making sure you have a wonderful event. Spa via 104 South State Street, right off the freeway. Call 801-424-7566. That's 801-424-7566. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, what's going to happen? So the Clippers are going to make a move. They have a first-round draft pick in Mo Harkless. The most commonly heard name I'm hearing is Tristan Thompson. But that one they might be able to do without using Mo Harkless. They might be able uh, to do that in some other ways. Or they, uh, or they end up having to do a... Tristan Thompson makes a lot of money. So they, they may have to do Mo Harkless uh, and Zubak as that trade to be able to put that together. Uh, Tristan Thompson is making $18 million. So they take Zubak and Mo Harkless together and they end up with Tristan Thompson. I don't know that that makes the Clippers dramatically better, but maybe with the experience and understanding and they're just upgrading uh, in, that, in that realm. Andre Iguodala, you've obviously heard a lot about. He'll be moved at some point, you would think. But frankly, if the Clippers go make the Zubak move, then someone's got to have $11 million to take, and there aren't a lot of people to do it. Miami and Denver are being talked about as possibilities um, for Andre Iguodala. And I'll be honest, I'm not sure that Andre Iguodala moves the meter that much. 
Now, if it's Dion Waiters for Andre Gudala, that's a pretty nice move, particularly because Miami gets out from a year on that that contract on Dion Waiters and and you know all the trouble that's come with that but I don't I'm not sure that there's a big step there for Miami uh in the case of Denver they've got just a lot of pieces and I don't know whether or not Denver you know I don't know that I guess Malik Beasley or something but to get the 11 million um Denver actually has a hard time putting together that kind of money on their deals that's what's interesting about Denver is they have all these players and all these possible players to move, but they're none. Gary Harris is making seventeen million, and otherwise, they don't have a lot of movable pieces. Other names that I think will D'Angelo Russell is the kind of first pin here. Minnesota's actively involved, according to multiple reports, to try to go get D'Angelo Russell. If they can go make the move <clears throat> to be able to do that, they've got to do other moves. So that's leading to kind of this wait and see of whether or not Minnesota can get the first domino rolling. And that makes things happen. Uh, Robert Covington, we mentioned. Robert Covington's interesting to me because Ro- the image of Robert Covington, there's a great phrase that someone used to me about a player, which was, I think I love the concept of the player more than the actual player. I think they were talking about Wilson Chandler at the time. I kind of think Robert Covington's that player too. He's 6'7". He's 2'11". He's long. He feels perfect. He can. He shoots a lot of threes. He's at 36%, which is league average. And he's like, you feel like he's this elite defensive player. Maybe. Um, but sometimes I wonder on him, actually. Um whether or not the concept of him isn't more interesting than the actual player. Um, that might not be fair, uh, but it's I do feel that way about him. Like, Robert Covington is thought of so very highly in this league. And then I watch him, and I like him, but I don't like, I don't know. So, I think you get what I'm saying. Um there are some players out there that kind of when you dig into them a little bit more, you find out, eh. So, for example, Covington's a 34% catch-and-shoot three-point shooter this year. 36% off the bounce, which is good, but he doesn't take a lot off the bounce. Last year, he was 39% on catch-and-shoot, which makes him a lot more interesting to me than 34%. And the year before that, he was 38%, so maybe he's just having a strange year in Minnesota because they're willing to allow him to take a lot of really bad shots. But if you take him back to 16, 17, he's a 32% catch and shoot three point shooter. So he's somewhere in the middle there. He's an average shooter, maybe even just an average defender. Numerous reports that the Rockets need to get out of the luxury tax. CNBC was the most recent report on that. And that's part of the reason why they're trying to move Clint Capella. Uh, I think they also just, you know, have probably seen, um, too much Clint Capella, if that makes sense. Like every now and then there's a point where your franchise has actually seen too much of your own player. Um, and they you wear thin on them, and I'm not sure that's actually the right choice for them. But it's interesting to see where they're going. Uh, and they may be just playing without a center. Uh, Marcus Morris, we mentioned, he's out there. None of these seem likely to the Jazz. Capella doesn't, Morris doesn't, Covington doesn't, Russell's too expensive, Thompson's too expensive, Iggy Dahl. There's, there's around the fringes where the Jazz might be able to do something. What gets interesting to me and the most interesting team in the league out there is Philadelphia. 
It's not good to be down 20 in back-to-back games against other teams that are title contenders when you think you're a title contender in the week before the trade deadline. Now, Josh Richardson is out, and he is certainly important to them, but it makes you wonder. Mike Scott is a $4.8 million contract. He's had somewhat of a tumultuous past. Uh, That is part of Philadelphia's past deal. He's got two years left on his deal. To me, that would be interesting. Like Mike Scott gets moved in a deal because Philadelphia decides to really alter what their roster looks like. We can't impact them on the Horford um, end of things or anything like that. Mike Scott, 6'7", 274, or 240, 274, 237, uh, 240, and he's a pretty good shooter. And you know what? If that somehow becomes available, um, actually this year he's not as good a shooter. He's at 35% on catch and shoot. Last year he was lights out in Washington at 42% catch and shoot. The year before that he was at 43% catch and shoot. Um, So this year he has not been as good. The two prior years he was amazing. So you have to decide what you uh, whether you believe those attempts or this year's attempts or whether somewhere in, in between. Um, but that's the kind of thing where, so if Mike Scott at 6'7", 237, probably can slide between four and maybe a little backup five if you go super small. Um, I don't think he's an elite rebounder, but it's worth checking. Um, you know, if Philadelphia is making a move and somehow someone like that gets available on the fringe of the backside of a deal and you can jump in, I think that's, you know, that's what the Jazz are trying to do. And that's the nice thing about our front office is they're so well prepared that you know that they're going to be aware of what's going on. Uh, Mike Scott's defensive rebounding is 16%. His overall rebound is 11%. He's not good. He's not bad. Okay, I mean, that's not... I don't know anything. I'm just giving you an example of like, there's Philadelphia. Here's a team that's maybe on the verge of really doing something dramatic. Is there a player in that roster that interests you that you think you could kind of jump on the backside of. Detroit is an example. Like Detroit's looking to do pretty dramatic things, possibly try to move Andre Drummond. Luke Kennard's being mentioned right now because I don't think they want to pay him. In the offseason, Luke Kennard's $3.8 million. I kind of like Luke Kennard, frankly. You know, is there anybody else on that roster that it's intriguing to you? My answer on that's probably not Marcus Morris or... I think that's Mark. Is that Marcus Morris or Markeith Morris? One of the Morris twins is on that roster. Markeith Morris. He's not been as good the last two years, but he's playing pretty well. Last 10 games, he's averaging 12 points a game and shooting 38% from threes, 39% from three from the year. Is there a way, you know, is he available on the back end of something? I think he's about a $3 million contract. Might be a buyout. Those are the kind of things the Jazz are going to have to do. Time Machine Tuesday coming up. Murdoch Hyundai is your home for fabulous car dealerships, great experiences, and locked on privilege. That's right. If you are a locked on jazz listener, email me before you head over to Murdoch Hyundai. We will set you up with your salesperson and make sure you get a great experience with it twice this weekend for people. It's a fabulous way for you to kind of go in and have the car dealership, uh, Take care of you before you walk in. Know you're going to get this great treatment. You're going to get a special lockdown deal. And then you're dealing with the Hyundais. I'm driving the Palisade right now, which is just terrific. Absolutely terrific. Spacious, calm, relaxing. USB ports in the back seat for 
people in the third row seats. They have a USB port. Hyundai thinks of everything. Back door doesn't open if there's a car coming for safety for the kids. All the safety features. Drives on its own, basically, with its cruise control and lane corrections. Plus, you've got the Kona, which is the small SUV, the Tucson, the Santa Fe, and now the Elantra you saw it on Super Bowl Sunday and the Sonata parking by themselves. Hyundai's got all the technology and a lot of fun for you. Plus, you get great deals over at Murdoch Hyundai at 4646 South State Street, also located in Linden and in Logan. Take a moment. Give me a buzz. Email me at dlock09 at gmail.com, dlock09 at gmail.com. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. Remember, pick the trade. Go to Locked On NBA Net on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook and pre-bomb the Woj bomb. The that's right, pre-bomb the Woj bomb. Uh, prick, what you think of the trade is? If you get it right and are selected, if multiple people get it right, one winner, we will uh, select you to go see your favorite NBA team in their home arena. That's all at Locked On NBA Net on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Go make sure that you grab and pre-bomb the Woj bomb. All right. Um, Carl Anthony Towns, I'm desensified to being disrespected because he didn't make the All-Star team. The Wolves are 0-15 in the last 15 games Carl Anthony Towns has played. Just thought I'd point that out. 0-15. It's about winning titles, he said, not All-Star games. They're 0-15 in the last 15 games Carl Anthony Towns played. Their defensive rating is a 121 in the last 15 games he's played. In the last 20 games he hasn't played, the defensive rating is a 105. 105. 121 when he does play. 0-15 when he plays. 5-15 when he doesn't play. I'm desensified to being disrespected. Great. One other note for you. The coronavirus in China is making things a little interesting. Well, not from an NBA standpoint, not interesting. Um, So NBA players that are in China, they are not eligible until their China contract is over to play in the NBA. We saw Jimmer come back last year. 
the right now China has released all of the NBA players that are in China from their contracts. So Jeremy Lin, Lance Stevenson, Ty Lawson, probably it. Luis Skoll is there, Jared Sullinger, Brandon Bass, Marshawn Brooks, Shabazz Napier, Marie Spates, Carl Landry, I think Ian Clark might have been there. I don't think he is anymore. Like, those kind of players. So not, not much. But they're available. Like, I don't know if we need Jeremy Lin or if anyone needs Jeremy Lin, but he's probably available. I don't know if Lance Stevenson or Ty Lawson, but those players... All of those players are uh, going to be available here sooner than they would have been otherwise if I'm reading kind of the news correctly and what's taking place. Um, So, uh, with the coronavirus. All right, let's do Time Machine Tuesday. I got the box. You can hear it. Why do I feel like we're going to get a Laker game with Kobe? I seriously don't know. Here we go. 1997. 1996-97. It's a pretty good team. By the way, fun little morning. I spilled a sp- I dumped my espresso shot all over my keyboard. Luckily, I had a I have an extra travel keyboard that I have, so luckily I uh, I have that, and we're using that this morning. All right, 96-97. This is not an NBA Finals year. We're pretty good, though. Uh, let's see what happens. Why is it not coming up? Probably because I spilled espresso on my keyboard. It's interesting. Basketball reference is not letting me click. Basketball reference is not letting me click on anything. How am I supposed to do Time Machine Tuesday? Here we go. All right, 96-97. We go 64-18 and that year. We win the first round against the Clippers during the riots. I think that's right. No, that's not right because riots are 91-92 when I'm in college. We just beat the Clippers in the first round. We sweep the Lakers in that uh, 4-1 series. Then we beat the Rockets, and then we go on to lose the Bulls. In the finals. But that's actually... Yeah, so that's 97. All right, good. We got it right. This is the 97 season. This is a final season, 97. You're right. All right, let's see what we did on February 4th. We did not play, but February 3rd, we beat the Washington Bullets. 111-89, to crushing people. We outscored them 32-14 in the first quarter. Their starting lineup was Calbert, Rod Strickland, Calbert Chaney, Chris Webber, Jawan Howard, and George Murison. Chris Webber never really liked playing Carl Malone. He played 16 minutes that night. The mailman played 26 minutes, had 24 points, 10 rebounds, and crushed him. Stephen Howard came off the bench for 16. Antoine Carr had 10. This one was over early. We were up 18 at the end of one. We were up 30 by the half, and we just cruised it out. We won 111-89 when being outscored by 12 in the fourth quarter. First quarter, Chris Webber goes one for four, minus 18. Carl Malone goes four of six, eight points, four rebounds, two assists, one steal. Mailman liked himself a little, Chris Webber. He always did. Third quarter, Chris Webber decided he wasn't playing in the third quarter. 
Down 30, no need to play Carl Malone. By halftime, this game was an absolute whitewash. And Malone at halftime was 5 of 7 with 14 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, and a steal. Chris Webber was 3 of 7. Yeah, so the Jazz got him pretty good that night. Um, the next game, which was, that was the third, so the Jazz didn't play the fourth. The next game was the fifth. The Jazz played the Seattle Supersonics. 99-95, great game. The Jazz went to Seattle to play at the Great Key Arena. 18-15 at the end of one. Boy, do I wish we could go back to old school basketball. 21-15 second quarter, so at halftime, a riveting 36-33 score. Oh my gosh. Seattle, then the Jazz bust out in the third and win it 99-95. Jazz go to 33-14. and 14. Sonic go to 32-15. and 15. This was a great game. Other than how probably terrible it was to watch, but like magnitude. Mailman had 26-7-3-3. Sean Kemp had 23-7-2 and five steals. He also had six turnovers. Gary Payton had 22 points, two rebounds, eight assists, and seven turnovers. John Stockton played 37 minutes, had nine points, 13 rebounds, and or 13 assists and four steals. Greg Ostertag was the hero of the night. 19 points and 10 rebounds against the trapping defense of the Supersonics and the fact that they started Detlef Schrempf, or no, Jim McElvain as their center. Sam Perkins came off the bench for 13. Jazz went 3 of 9 from 3 that night. The Supersonics went 4 of 17. It's incredible. Brian Russell was 0 for 3 from 3. Hornacek was 2 for 3. Stockton 1 for 2. Jazz, Chris Morris, Antoine Carr, Shandon Anderson, and Howard Isley were the bench. Stephen Howard got 7 minutes as well. Adam Keefe was not with the team for some reason. Mailman played 40. Stockton played 37. Hornacek played 36. On the load management side of the Seattle Supersonics, Peyton played 44, Kemp played 40, Detlef played 40, Hersey Hawkins played 36. George Carl ran them out there. Game was close late into the fourth quarter. Let's go look at what happened, see if we got any fun things late in the fourth. See if, every now and then someone like remembers one of these games. So the Oh, this is a great one. Game's tied at 87. Mailman makes a jumper to make it, to bring the Jazz within one with four minutes left. Detlef misses. Antoine Carr gets fouled. So Carr makes a free throw to tie it at 87, puts the Jazz up by one. Then Sean Kemp misses a shot. Brian Russell travels. Perkins gets a layup to make it 89-88. An offensive rebound by John Stockton with 237 left. Kick out to a jump shot, 10-foot jump shot by Carl Malone gives the Jazz the lead. Sam Perkins answers with another bucket. Mailman scores at the rim with 159 left to put the Jazz back up. Five straight lead change baskets. Kemp turns it over. Hornacek misses a three. Perkins misses a three. Antoine Carr misses a layup. And we're down to 51 seconds left. Jazz basketball. Hornacek gets fouled, makes two free throws to make it a 94-91 game. Debt left shrimp. It's a jumper to make it 94-93 with 27 seconds left. Jazz with the ball and Antoine Carr dunks at the rim plus the foul on Perkins and the Jazz will win it. 
as the big dog roof, 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 comes through in the clutch. Have a great day. Make sure you go to Locked on NBA Net and put in your pre-Woj bomb and win yourself two jazz tickets to a, or two tickets to an upcoming game to your favorite NBA team, which is, I'm assuming, is the Utah Jazz. It is Locked on Jazz Tuesday edition. That means there's a new edition of Rejecting the Screen, plus there's Locked on NBA. So tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of podcast Locked on NBA. Have a great Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.